What's the deal? It's Mr. Fresh to Death, Pretty Boy Smooth, and you are now listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're on Twitch. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview episode with Will from the co-host wrestling show. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Training Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe to your Evan Lewis's Fine Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WoodManeuver.net. Like I said, this is an interview with Will from the co-host wrestling show, Will. How's it doing this evening? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I you know what? Uh, I miss the audio form of your podcast. I wish you'd bring it back. Yeah, you're like the only person in the world that says that. (laughs) Because I don't I don't like sit in front of my TV and watch uh, interviews and all stuff. It's like nothing against that. It's just because I spend so much time driving. Sure. That I like the more. First off, like the more friends of mine that I can support, the better. And then when I know someone like you who can do really good interviews, like I want to hear them. So it's like it's a lot easier to have a, you know, the uh, RSS feed that I can listen to it than like opening up YouTube or anything like that. Yeah, I, I just haven't like I haven't heard that feedback from anyone but you. <laughs> and uh, so I've I've kind of explored some options on how maybe I can get the audio back, you know, just rip the audio off of the videos and kind of put that out there in that format because I, I do still have the um, the hosting service. I, so I kept it open just in case, like hey, if I ever decide I want to return to this format or I kind of want all of these old episodes for whatever reason there if they're not on my PC anymore or something like that. So I still have the hosting service out there. Uh, we may be able to do something like that in the future. Um, but I just, I don't have any plans to kind of go back to full audio format at any time in the future. I mean, it doesn't necessarily be like, that's the only f- format of the show, but just to like be able to listen to this interview. That's are these interviews that are on, you know, YouTube. Yeah. Just so, like some options, I guess, like various different places you could catch it. Cause I mean, obviously you're going to concentrate on the, the live aspect of it. Yeah. And there's not even a lot that goes into like post-production or anything like that. I mean, I edit them, but all I'm really doing is just cutting off the, the beginning and the end mm-hmm. just to kind of, and I just put the, the actual live format of it onto YouTube. So that's kind of just not really fancy editing, just more of me just cutting the beginning and end off of it, putting it out there so that you're basically just rewatching the live broadcast which you could do on twitch but on youtube you know more people 
more people go to YouTube than they do to Twitch to watch, you know, VOD. So that's kind of the idea behind that. I mean, we're in like such a weird time where there's just so many like avenues for content, like whether, you know, it be just in the, in the podcast game, but then you have YouTube and Twitch and, you know, the thing that I've jumped into more lately and it's like a little bit different from translating it to the other uh, video mediums and that's TikTok. And there's still like a bunch of other, you know, avenues that people are doing. And I've thought about doing like the video stuff, but it's, I'm just like, I have enough trouble doing like the audio shit. I could not imagine doing uh video proponents on top of it. Yeah, it's difficult, especially, you know, trying to keep all those social platforms like up to date and constantly, you know, putting content and material out to all of them. You know, you have to make sure that you you're you're up on your Twitter stuff and then are you uploading to Instagram? Are you uploading to YouTube? Is your you know, are your twi- is your Twitch stuff up to date in terms of live streaming? So it's like all these different avenues, you know, are you, are you putting out TikTok content to kind of draw all those people back to the main stage? And it, it's a lot, man. It's, it's definitely a lot. And TikTok as itself is like such a weird format. It's the only one that I have as many followers as I do. But it, it's something that I, I realized was right off the bat because people watching up to a one minute video, more people will hit subscribe to you than if they see one of your random tweets. Uh, or one of your random pictures on Instagram. So like people just like see like one video of yours they like and they're like, all right, I'm here for it. Yeah, it kind of fits today's like low attention span audience in a way. Yeah, it I mean, I can't complain like I'm up to like I'm a little under 15,000 followers. Oh, wow. And literally I got I was like right around 8,500 and then I posted a, a TikTok where I stitched someone's video where they talked about Oh, I have, you know, just name a, a Funko pop and I I'll show you that I have it. Cause I have them all. And even like right off the rip, I'm like, all right, this is hyperbole. Like you just say like, I have them all. You, just, you have a lot, but there's right. no way in hell you have them all because of they've been around for like 10 years. And like those things just multiply every single month of like how many new releases they have. So I just posted like my, uh, my prized Funko pop, which is, Egon Spangler and the Ecto one, uh, he slimed. It was a 2014 toy Tokyo, New York comic-con exclusive. And that was like right before Funko's like really, really, really took off. And like it's worth, I think right now it's like worth like three something, but I showed that one and that video alone as of right now has like 1.1 million views. Holy shit. Yeah. That's my, my, that was my reaction. Like, I think within 24 hours of posting it, my follower account, like, shot up. That's wild. Yeah, and it's, and I mean, it, but it goes to that, like, somebody's like, oh, like, I think this video looks cool, or I like Ghostbusters, too. But at the same time, like, I'll post, like, wrestling content, and, like, those don't necessarily get as many viewers. And I'm like, but I'm not, like, necessarily doing it for, like, popularity. I'm like, I'm just gonna throw my my opinion like I do this show. And it's like, all right, if you like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. Yeah, it's funny once once you get a following for a certain type of content, how if you try to branch out into other content, some of those same viewers don't necessarily come along for the ride. And it's just it's kind of funny. But it's the like TikTok has a weird, weird algorithm. Oh, for sure. Because like the fact that they give you two different feeds, they have your for you page, which is like uh, al- uh, 
everything you like and you follow and you interact with, they're like, all right, I think you're going to like this video. But at the same time, they'll throw your friends in there too. It's like, well, I have a following feed. Show them in my following feed. Not this like, oh, by the way, here's your friend video from a couple days ago that we didn't show you. Here it is. It's like, what are you, what are you fucking doing? It's like, it's like social media algorithms are so weird. Like I remember back, which I kind of miss it. Do you remember back when like Facebook and Twitter, actually everything was like in time of when it was tweeted or posted and not like this post is from two hours ago. The one below it is from 30 seconds ago. It's like, wait, yeah. why is this all jumbled up? Right. Yeah. That's so, that's really annoying. So then like, I mean, if we want to talk about YouTube, how they've changed like over the past, you know, 15 years. If you want to feel old remembering a life without YouTube. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You got to tell me nothing about it. Uh, I'm there. Like I'll instantly age somebody by like how they tell me they grew up. And if they mention the word YouTube when they were a kid, I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> Cause I had to like Google it. Like I remembered it in 2005 and that sh- shit, I think came out like either early 2005 or in 2004. Like it was, it's like 15 years old. Yeah. I don't even, re- I, I can't even tell you like, like early memories of it, to be honest with you. I don't even know when, you know, I just feel like it's always been there. I don't know. My memory's off awful too. So I'm not the right person to ask, but I'm someone with my memory. Like I've had this conversation with people where I don't, if I can tie it with some other memory that's like concrete, I can remember something, but if it's something like really random, I can't remember it for shit. I forget what, it, what I've had this conversation with where I'm like, well, I know this happened because I can tie it with this memory, which I know was like around this date because of like my birthday or something. But I'm like this other memory that's similar to it. I don't know when it happened because I have nothing I can tie it to. Yeah. For me, it's just, I, I have, there's things that I can remember easily and recall easily. And then there's other things. I, usually it's like, I have to be in conversation to really pull some of those memories out. And then other times it's like, I just don't remember anything. It's so, I don't know. It's so random. What a, what a weird thing. Yeah. That's, I don't know, like getting like weirdly philosophical words. You've lived every moment of your life, but you don't remember like probably half of it. Like half of it, like is just a blur. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I could pick a, like a random date and I probably won't remember exactly what I did, but no, no shot, but like I lived it. I, I lived that day, but what I did, unless I have something to remember it by, which maybe one thing I love about smartphones, literally I'll like, I'll try to remember a date for something and or what I did that day. And I'll look for like, do I have pictures from that day? Because then I can go, Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. This is at least something that I did. And I probably did this afterwards and blah, 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 blah. Let's, uh, let's go back to your podcast or, and everything where, what was the origin of, uh, that show in particular? I think we might've talked about it, but before but i can't remember in terms of the the original audio version yeah yeah so the original idea was to try and have i guess it was more about like starting a podcast for people who didn't have podcasts at the time so that was kind of the idea behind calling it the co-host wrestling show was that basically every week I would be joined by a different co-host and it would just be random people that I knew from, you know, Twitter or just wherever I could find them. Um, and then it kind of, it, it started to kind of do what I wanted it to do where I did, 
I went on a, I went on a different podcast and, uh, they were kind of asking me the same thing. Like, Oh, what's, what's the premise of your podcast? And I'm like, okay, well I kind of want random people to message me and ask to be guests on the show. And then I just bring them on and we just talk about whatever was current and wrestling at the time. But I had a, I had a lineup of all the people that I wanted to come on the show that was like kind of long and it was all based on mostly just like Twitter friends and stuff. And then one day out of the blue, somebody messaged me and was like, Hey, I heard you have a podcast that like you invite random people on. And I was like, yeah, I'm just looking, you know, anybody that wants to come on and talk wrestling, they don't have a podcast themselves and kind of want to just come on. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's kind of exactly what I want to do. And so this, this person messaged me and we set it up and never talked to him before in my life. No idea who he was. And we kind of just started talking and did a, did a podcast episode. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's exactly how I wanted this to go. I kind of wanted this to be a thing. And obviously, you know, if I ran into a troll or two or whatever, like I just don't publish that episode, you know, whatever. Um, but I kind of just wanted it to be for people that always wanted to get into it or wanted to get started and just didn't know where to go or didn't know how to get started. Or maybe they would leave that episode and then they would kind of, you know, start their own thing afterwards, which this particular individual did. But, um, that was just kind of the original idea. And then, uh, and then I had, I had, uh, interviewed, I had, to, I had decided I wanted to do interviews cause I was like, mm, I feel like interviews are kind of a little bit more of my speed, more kind of what I want to do just because like I was, I was kind of tired of talking about just wrestling with other people because I talk about it so much other places than the podcast that it was like, I don't really want to just sit here and talk about like NXT or AEW or whatever it was new for this week. You know, I kind of want to start talking to some of these people and I did an interview. I would have to go back and look. I can't even tell you the first one was, it might've been PV smooth. If I, if I, if I really think about it. Um, but I was like, Oh man, that, that felt really good. Like that felt like something that, that I'm, that I'm pretty decent at. And I kind of want to continue to go in that, in that direction. So I started lining up more and more guests and I started doing more and more, you know, just with wrestlers doing interviews. And then I started kind of, I, I took a long break because I got caught up with school and some other things. And it's like, ah, I don't know that I really want to do this anymore. And then I came back and I did, I did two episodes. And I think the last one I did was Lee Moriarty. And after that, I was like, okay, like I really like doing this but I don't necessarily want to continue in this format anymore because it felt like a very like oversaturated market at the time, especially for kind of what I was doing. Everybody kind of has their little corner and their, their things that they were doing. But the one that I was particularly doing, it just felt really crowded. And I felt like there were some other people out there that I knew and I was, I was personal friends with, um, that were doing a little, doing it a little bit better than I was. And I was like, eh, I don't really necessarily want to compete in this space with people who are, you know, doing this exact same format, but they're doing a little bit better and they have more established fan base and, and connections and stuff like that. So how do we change this format into something that's more what I'm like combining my interests type of thing? And I had kind of just started getting real serious with uh, like Twitch streaming. I had done it before in the past, but uh, I wasn't always like sticking to a schedule and I wasn't doing it very often, you know, just here and there. And I wasn't really trying to build like a brand out of it. I was kind of just doing it to do it, you know, just kind of having fun with it. 
And then uh, once I started getting more and more serious with it, I was like, well, I'm kind of I'm kind of onto something here. We're kind of we're kind of growing a little bit. And I was like, this might be the perfect format to bring in the old wrestling show into this Twitch format because not there's not a lot of people doing that. And that might be an opportunity to kind of like still create content in that space but just do it in a different format that isn't as oversaturated. And it kind of brings a little bit different aspect because you have the video, you're live, and there's that interaction between the guests that you have on as well as the the audience. So now they can be there, they can ask questions, they can you know see the person's face, kind of see their reaction to different questions and things like that. So this was more... This was more my speed. This is more of what I was already doing. I'm already live streaming four nights a week. Let's turn one of those nights into the wrestling show and we'll just bring everything that we previously had in audio format and we'll bring it over to this video format. But to spice it up just a little bit and kind of attract a little bit more attention, I decided that I was going to do a merchandise giveaway of the wrestler that we have on the show with every episode. So that kind of, to me, was like an incentive for not only for the wrestler to come on the show, uh, but it was also an incentive for viewers to come in and see this person that A, you already like, B, now you have an opportunity to win a free t-shirt of the person that you already like because you're there in the chat. And that, it was just, it was kind of like just this, I call it like a triple benefit in a way where if I could bring people in to watch the wrestling show based on free merchandise, I could potentially get them to stay and come around for the actual regular Twitch streams when we play video games and stuff. If they find, if they find that connection to me and my content, but also I'm benefiting the viewers by giving them a free t-shirt of the wrestler, but I'm also helping the wrestler providing them with a monetary value of buying the t-shirt. So it's kind of just like a, a, a trifecta of, of, uh, people being helped, being people being helped. I don't know. I don't know the, the term, but, um, that was just kind of the idea. So that's, that's where we're at now. I will say whenever you just fall off the, the wagon, fall off the horse, whatever it is, like, especially in podcasting, like jumping back on can be very hard, very difficult. Uh, something I know me and Ryan, uh, the struggles talk about how like you got to have that consistency. Cause if you don't like, you'll have that kind of like period where what you were talking about of like you just like you kind of you feel out of it and you you have uh you have doubts like i think with the audio like to me if you're putting out good content like there's kind of a a respectability like i don't think and you it might be somebody you're referring to like i like a guy like ryan i don't think i'm as good as him but i think if people like him they could potentially quote unquote get into me and we're both the type of interviewer and I would lump you in there too of like, you don't talk about the cookie cutter shit that everybody else is talking about. And, uh, you, you, you'll have your own way to spin conversations. Like I remember it's been a while since I've listened to it, so I can't like quote it obviously, but I remember listening to the PB interview and I'm like, this is good. Like I, I really enjoyed listening to this interview and uh, I might listen to another episode right after that because of it. And like, I mean, throwing it on Twitch now, I mean, I kind of get it. Uh, but, you know, maybe it is like a little bit uh, less congested market. And the fact that you do have that uh, trifecta of benefits 
for people. So I, I kind of get that too. And I would kind of think that wrestlers would, would flock to this idea. Cause I think, I mean, if you're a wrestler, I mean, this is a way for like more exposure. This is a, a way to, way to sell merch. And I know like far as what I've seen from you, like, even though I don't just because of my own personal schedule, like, and then, and I don't spend a lot of time on Twitch and YouTube for that kind of stuff, but I know I've seen you hustle. Like I'll see episodes pop up. And I'm just like, this is going to be a good fucking guest. Hell yeah. And like, I retweet it. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've done really well in the, in the guest market in terms of people that, that we want to see and people that some people that other people haven't had the opportunity to have on as well. So that's kind of, you know, trying to get out in front of some of those people before they, before their other places and stuff like that. And plus 2020, you know, was kind of, was weird, obviously for various different reasons, but yeah. Um, you know, trying to get in contact or get out in front of those people that had those rare opportunities in 2020, I felt was also very important. Um, there was somebody who, you know, I, I had wanted to have on the show forever and they had also talked to me about having, being on the show for a long time and stuff like that. And it just, there wasn't really a lot going on at the time and they weren't doing a lot of bookings. They weren't taking a lot of shows because there weren't a lot of shows happening and stuff like that. And it's like, I just, I'm just waiting. Like I'm waiting you out. I know like we're friends. We know each other personally and stuff like that, but I'm just wait, like waiting until there's something for us to talk about just because of the way the format and the, the questions and the scripts that I write for my interviews. It's like we, if you're not, if you're not running a bunch of shows, like we, we're not going to have a whole lot to talk about and it's going to be not as good an interview. So we're kind of, we, we kind of wait till you got a bunch of stuff going on or a little bit more stuff going on you know, and then I'll have you on. And then sure enough, a big opportunity popped for this person. And I say, Hey man, right after, you know, the, the following Thursday, after this opportunity that you have come on so we can talk about it, but also, you know, we'll fire off with some other stuff, but it's just easier when there's, when there's more and more stuff going on. So it was important to me to kind of seek out those people that had a lot of stuff going on, despite the limited opportunities to kind of you know, feel like I'm out in front of them a little bit and uh, just kind of give people, you know, to hear interviews of people that are actually doing a lot of stuff right now was important to me. I know one thing that's also important to you is the Columbus independent wrestling scene. And that's something I think over the past like, couple of years, you have pushed really hard on it getting bigger and better. Like, I don't know how many tweets I've been tagged in or I was tagged in at one point to like come down for a show, which I was supposed to last year. It was supposed to be me, the struggles and Jesse coming down. Well, coming in different directions, but heading to Columbus for some unsanctioned pro show we were going to do. And we were going to like at least have some sort of get together, like us three together. And because I know for a while you kept mentioning it to me and I was like, I'm planning on it. Just don't know when, but I'm coming. And then pandemic hit and, you know, here we are. Yeah, it's that's something that's kind of always been in the back of my mind for a long time. And it, it was just based on the fact that I was going all these other places to support wrestling, but not there wasn't a lot of wrestling coming here to support me. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least in terms of not support me, but, you know, be here so I could just go to a show and, and go home in the same night or not have to worry about, you know, driving hours after the show's over. And, uh, 
yeah, once a, once a company you know showed up here and start running some shows, I I gave them you know as much support as possible, brought as many friends and family as I could find to can you know to come to these shows and try to continue to make them successful. And you know, two years later, they're they're getting ready to have their first show WrestleMania weekend. So you know, I like to think that I had a, a big hand in helping them be successful and continue to be successful. I'm, I'm a sponsor of, of the show coming up in, in Tampa. So, um, just getting behind the, you know, people that, that were good people. And then another company popped up, uh, around the same time, they've been around about a year, year and some change now with OWA. And I, I got behind them as well. I knew the, I knew the promoter personally before he actually got started. And, you know, that was another company where I was like, okay, you're bringing a little bit different brand of, of wrestling within the same market. The, the promoters are, are friends, you know, they don't, they don't have any, uh, any type of competition amongst each other for the scene or anything like that. They both know that they're running uh, a different brand of wrestling and they've been, you know, happy to coexist in, in this, in this space. So it's been easy to, to support both of them. And I was actually involved in, commentary with the first OWA show and things like that. And then they, they gave me some other opportunities doing some, some uh, exclusive interviews and stuff like that afterwards. So it's kind of been cool to be uh, helping promote both these companies and kind of help them grow. It's been, it's been really cool. I enjoy seeing uh, better companies pop up in, in Ohio, especially with, you know, those two in Columbus. Cause it feels like, for a while, you know, AIW has been top of the chain. I felt like Rockstar was kind of there for a while, but I, I've kind of lost connection with them and like to where I'm like, I don't know as much that's going on, even if they were running shows and maybe, maybe now if everything went back to normal, they would, would no be nowhere near the caliber that they at least seem to used to be. So it, it kind of came to a point where, yeah, the best company in Ohio is AIW. But now we at least have two companies that are booking, you know, better talent. Like the one thing that I, it's not necessarily I want to do, but like, let's like be a hundred percent honest. There's companies out there that aren't booking the same type of talent that AIW is, that uh, OWA is and Unsanctioned Pro are, are booking. It's just flat out. That's just, I will go to some of these other shows and not to like down talk them, but it's kind of like, who's the biggest star on this show? And like some of the people, like literally, literally before she changed her name, like Ziggy was like the biggest star on the show a couple of years ago. And I think at other shows, she necessarily wouldn't be. And I, I like to see like companies that are at least bringing in like this really good talent. And I do think both of those companies in, in Columbus are doing that and causing a lot of people to to travel to these shows. Like, actually, I do. I think I was supposed to go to or I planned on it. I, I never bought a ticket. I was going to go to an unsanctioned pro show early 2019. It was uh, the show Marco was supposed to be at. Oh yeah. Yep. Before he got injured because I was on this like run of trying to get to a Marco show. He was booked for welterweight wrestling and he had to be pulled because he was booked for Southern underground pro the same day, which he ended up winning the bone storm championship that day. So I missed out on, on that opportunity. The next opportunity was, oh, Jesus, why am I blanking on the name of the show? It's one of the the Southern uh, Indiana shows, one of the arena shows. Uh, the Paradigm? Sh- 
not paradigm like this place ain't even a, isn't around anymore that's why i'm having trouble remembering it but the particular oh, gotcha. the particular show was called uh hot dog and a handshake and marco was booked for the show and i didn't tell anybody i was going i just went on this random trip down there and marco pulled from the show because i think he did aw that day instead and i was like son of a bitch like this is two times in a row then i was like all right he's coming to ohio for unsanctioned pro i'm gonna go he gets injured obviously pulls from that show i'm like what the fuck <laughs> and then i was like well i'm going down to southern Oregon pro i'm like if he shows up he shows up if he don't he don't sure sure as hell he actually showed up and uh granted he was like you know on crutches and everything but i still got to got to meet him but it took all that time and then months later he's he's up here for jay lit yeah but yeah I, I, for, I almost forgot that i was going to go to that unsanctioned pro show but it's like i said it's 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 we're, we are getting the reverse thing because i know you like you said you come up for for uh, aiw and everything and that's you know a couple hour drive and that's one of those companies i was willing to do the same thing turn around go back and and see what they have and it's still something i i eventually want to do same thing with uh, owa yeah hopefully it won't be much longer we uh you know owa ran a fan show uh, a couple weeks ago i guess it was in february i think it was yeah in february uh their show good trouble so they have another with fan show you know scheduled in april the 25th i think 25th 24th um so you know they're they're, they're doing things safely i've been to a couple of shows in pandemic wrestling um they've all felt pretty safe for the most part or as safe as you make them you know as, as safe as you as you allow yourself to be um, and they're they're doing everything right in terms of of all the guidelines and stuff like that. So we went to good trouble. I didn't feel I felt, you know, perfectly fine. Uh, mask, hand sanitizer, all that stuff. I didn't feel I didn't feel a risk in any way. Um, we also went to their taping last weekend as a as a sponsor. We were allowed to go in for the taping when they, they did the choose your champion tournament and uh you know, same kind of deal. It's mostly all wrestlers, couple sponsors there, and uh, all that. You know, felt safe. We also went to the um, the Unsanctioned Pro when they filmed uh, the Hardcore Cup. We got to go there as a, as a sponsor of that event as well. That was no fans. That was several, like couple sponsors, maybe like ten people total, if that. And uh, all that felt, you know, pretty safe and stuff like that. It was easier over the summer because things were outdoor. You yeah. know, we, we went to the AIW show and we went to the GCW show that were in Indianapolis and both of those, you know, they're outside. It's way more spaced out. The, the venue location and stuff like that's really great for wrestling. So that felt way, way safe. Like that felt 110% safe. These other shows have felt, you know, 99% safe, but it's still indoors, kind of closed in, just a little bit different, but all in all, it's, you know, if you respect the company and you know what kind of fans are going to be there already going in, um, I feel comfortable going, going to shows in this, in this environment right now. Um, if I, if it's like a company that's, that I don't necessarily trust or it's in a location where I feel like the fans aren't going to be that great, um, that I just, you know, I, I obviously wouldn't take the chance and just wouldn't go, but everyone that I've been to so far, you know, I feel, I feel pretty comfortable. I love the idea of the whole good, uh, trouble show, especially like it, you know, it being an all black wrestler show pretty much if I'm correct. And it wasn't, yes. it wasn't advertised as that. It was just like, I mean, it was kind of what it should be. 
like it's just a regular show but when you look around yeah that's the only talent that was booked and you know you know rightfully so because there's there are a lot of black wrestlers that are fantastic but not enough people are paying attention to for one reason or another uh you know whether it be they're just getting overlooked because they're not getting the same opportunities or just they're from uh certain regions where it's hard to get booked whatever whatever it is uh just seeing like so many good wrestlers that i love on that show like made me really happy yeah they they actually dropped the trailer for that show that had like some quotes and a video clip uh from john lewis so i i think there was a little more advertising towards letting people know that you know it kind of was structured that way specifically um, if you watch the trailers and some of the social media stuff, I think you kind of got the idea that it was being advertised that way. Also, if you kind of know the meaning of the quote, you know, behind good trouble, then you're kind of like, okay, this is, you know, I kind of know what I'm expecting. I don't think anyone showed up there surprised, you know, that it was, that it was what it was. Um, but it went off tremendously and there were, there was several talent on that show that I hadn't seen before or even couple people I, I i wasn't familiar with at all that uh made some really good impressions and that show that show was fantastic i mean top to bottom there was there was no bad matches and uh the crowd reacted to it really well and there was a lot of you know uh interaction between you know, the wrestlers and stuff like that between in, in between uh in between matches intermission stuff like that they also did a really cool thing that that i feel like a lot of other shows that I've ever been to haven't done. And they, they actually brought in a DJ and the DJ did all the entrance music, but in between uh, matches intermission and before the show started, you know, he was there kind of just doing a, a set of some music and just playing music in between, you know, intermission and stuff like that. While people were hanging out, I mean, it wasn't loud like a nightclub, but you know, just had some different stuff going on and just kind of created a really cool vibe that was like, you know, this is kind of this kind of fits the vibe of the of the show that we're trying to advertise as well, and it it just went off really well. And I was like, man, this is a, this is a great idea. Like, I just the DJ being here playing music and in, in the intermission and stuff like that. It's just I don't know. It was really cool. I'm trying to wreck my brain if I've ever seen that before. And like, if I have, it's it's rare. It's that's super rare because I think it's normally that we've gotten to this. Uh, uh, stigma or trope, whatever. It's just, you know, someone's going to be playing like whoever play, plays the entrance music. Like whenever uh, it comes intermission, it's just like music's going to be kind of be played on, on random. Same thing with like before the show, but actually having that little bit of difference, that, that would be an experience. Cause the only other thing I've seen other than that is bands play. And that could actually be very hit and miss. I've been to somewhere. I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of cool. But I've been to other ones where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Like, I think when I, 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 I was at an outdoor show that did that, I'm like, this is kind of cool. Because, I mean, it's outdoor, you know, sound's going to go everywhere. But when I've been in, like, a smaller venue and they're like, oh, we're going to have this band play. And, like, how awesome is that? I'm like, uh, I paid to see a wrestling show. I didn't necessarily pay to see this band. Sure. But, yeah, no, I, can <laughs> I can understand that. That, that could be me being just picky, but it's still uh, a little, uh, like I said, it could be very hit and miss. It could be a hit for a lot of people, but for me, no. But yeah, that uh, that DJ thing sounds very, very interesting. And I, I think as a whole, like, I don't know exactly what started it off. It, I, maybe it was for the culture, but like getting more, more and more shows like that, I think is 
super important. Like the fact of, you know, last year for the collective there, uh, when it was originally scheduled, there's like just all these different types of shows to where, you know, I mean, with that they're highlighting different type of talent. I think that's something we really need. And if, if you can get it in more and just like those places, you can actually get more shows pop up that like uh, spotlight wrestlers where it's not like, all right, this is going to be like the only one we've ever really seen, which is like, all right, here's an all girl show, which I mean, those are important, but what else we got? Yeah, I, I think it does a lot for inclusion. You know, it mm-hmm. brings in a lot of fans who I, I think uh, want to be involved with wrestling. They want to like wrestling, but they don't necessarily relate to wrestling. And, you know, bringing in those kind of shows or, or putting on those kind of shows kind of bring those people into the fold. But I think in, in a way we need to move past doing these specialized shows and just bringing them into the regular shows. Because, you know, it's great that you, that you, you know, have a show like For the Culture. And, but then, you know, three months later, it, it, another company is running a show and it, there's no, there's no black performers whatsoever. And it's like, why is that a thing? Yeah. Like we we're showing you that there, that there are all these different avenues of wrestling. But if you're continuing to run a show that's, you know, all men or, or just, I mean, let's be honest, if it's just all white dudes and that's your, that's your show, you know what I mean? Like you're losing that audience that those other shows are creating because yeah. those people aren't, you know, they're not moving forward into, they're not moving forward into the hobby because they're 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 only waiting for those specialized shows to show up you know but it's like put some of those people on your other shows and then those people will come to those shows or you know continue to kind of evolve your own brand where it's like yeah you don't have to have you know you don't have to have an all x show but it's like you can bring some of those x people in you know it doesn't have to be you know completely tailored to them or for you know, around this type of, of thing, but start including those people as just reg- being regular wrestlers and, and bring them into your, into your, into your company and into your shows and let some of their fan base come along with them. And then they'll stay for the other product as well. Yeah, that's, that's very true. What's going to suck really when you look at the country as a whole, when it comes to wrestling companies, cause we can't speak for all of them, but there's going to be a good, uh, percentage of them and especially in certain areas where yeah that's all you're going to get you're just going to get the you know white dude wrestlers that's all that's that's going to be it but i think as a whole um the bigger companies are the ones that need to show a good example like the only critique that i would have on you know aiw is is the women i like that's what we don't get a lot of sure but part of that is because like if you go back about five years like the women that they like they were using on like even like going back to the last girls night out, like a lot of them are signed. Sure. And it's just like trying to find new uh, women to fit into those spots. But, you know, hopefully with more localized female talent in the area that like, that's going to be something that's going to be figured out because I think, I mean, I don't know about you. If I would say just the, the black wrestler representation in AIW, it, from my point of view, it seems pretty strong. Like that's kind of where you want to go. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever, you know, I'll I'll join you in saying that the you know the women representation sometimes is not is, is lacking in some of their in some of their content, but um I've never felt, you know, that way in in terms of overall diversity and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like, you know, there's a lot of different a lot of different things are represented. Um and you know, it, 
it's tough from a promoter standpoint as well to kind of try to always, you know, blend, uh, you know, certain stuff together. Or maybe they don't, you know, maybe there are plenty of women available, but they don't fit what they're looking for at the time or the show mm-hmm. they're trying, you know, all those things kind of go into it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not involved in, in their practices and stuff like that. But, um, I think there's, there's opportunity for inclusion in every show because we're, we're being shown lately that there's talent, deep, deep talent pools in every ethnicity, every gender, uh, you know, it's all, it's all out there. You just have to go, you just have to go get it and you have to be wanting, you have to be wanting or willing to go get it, but it's definitely, you know, it's out there. Especially do you know about like talent pools? Like, you know, you can find like the next big wrestler anywhere. And I'm not saying like, oh, you know, they're, they're just anywhere, but I'm saying like, you know, a guy like Lee Moriarty who, you know, came out of Pittsburgh, everybody knew like how great he was there, but then like it took a while for like him to get more into the Cleveland area. But once he got into AIW, you know, it just, he started blowing up. I mean, and now he's, you know, IWTV independent wrestling champion, which is so awesome, but it's that dude was in Pittsburgh and not like all these companies weren't calling him up. And now hopefully, you know, when everything goes back to hundred percent normal, especially with him being the, you know, IWTV champion, more places are going to call him up, but there's still like, even like with that talent pool at Pittsburgh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm behind, you know, the main event. I want someone to give the main event, the Lee Moriarty try and have them pop up at different places because I mean, they won't, they don't necessarily have the technical skill, but like the, like being the two big dudes that they are, Oh, they can set a fire to attack team division. Yeah. And I think, you know, a, a similar thing like with Lee happened with Trey. I mean, yeah. Trey was doing pretty much all like Northeast Ohio stuff. And then, you know, he started popping up at Black Label here and there. And then, uh, you know, once a GCW booking or two, and then it was kind of just off to the races. So a lot of times, yeah, it is, it's just getting out of that area and getting in, you know, getting in front of some other people and letting people see, you know, what they're capable of. Um, but yeah, Lee's a perfect example. You know, and he, even he kind of talked about once once that Cleveland show, you know, he was able to kind of showcase to a couple of different people what he was capable of doing. Then it kind of just takes off. And then we see those people all over the place after that. And it doesn't it doesn't even necessarily have to be like, oh, you have to go work for company X to get to get seen. It's just like the right, you know, the right opportunity. And once that opportunity hits, man, they, it, it's just snowball effect from there from a lot of people we've seen. I mean, it could be the right company. Sometimes it's just being in front of the right person who then recommends you for another company and, you know, so forth and so on. And yeah, it's, it's crazy to see like wrestlers get more exposure like that. I mean, that's something that I know. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of look at as a fan of someone who I go, I go back to when I first started being a fan, you know, I caught crazy Mary Dobson and Ms. Heidi early on. And, you know, now Ms. Heidi is Roby Riot in WWE and Crazy Mary Dobson obviously became Sarah Logan and now she, you know, has a kid with Ray Rowe and like I she might be out of wrestling for a while, maybe even for life. Who who knows? But I re- remember when basically nobody heard of them. And I know they got their own opportunity here and there and there. Like I the one that got me for Heidi when she won the Young Lions Cup, I was like She's about to blow up because I think right after that, too, she's about to go to Japan. I'm like, she it like this is going to blow up really big for her. 
I just feel it. And obviously she, you know, she's now where she's at now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool to see when it happens because you kind of know, you know, it's happening or you like, you know, it's about to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then once it happens and then it just starts like, Oh, now they're here. Now they're there. Now they're here. You know, then you kind of start to see like, then you know that other direction that it's going, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you kind of already know some of these people, right? Like if you're, if you're kind of, if you're kind of in the know or you're just watching closely, you know, like some people who have it, some people who aren't, you know, don't have it. Um, but you, you see those people that have it and you're like, man, once this guy, you know, the, the right opportunity or two, it's going to be off to the races. And then once it does happen and then they are off to the races, you kind of know where that destination is also. So you kind of get to watch the, you know, the full, the, the full, uh, the full event of it go from a, a person I saw early that I know really has it, a person that starts getting a bunch of opportunities. And then a person that I know is either going to go to, you know, one of the three or four major companies, depending on how you look at it. But, you know, you just, just to see that whole thing happen as a, as a independent wrestling fan is really cool. When did you start becoming an independent wrestling fan? Oh man, I was late. I was super late. Uh, I think I didn't even go to an independent wrestling show until like, uh, what was Wrestle? What was the WrestleMania that was in, uh, Orlando? Was that 33, yes, 32, no, 33. Okay. So the weekend of 32, somebody gave me free tickets to a shimmer event. And, uh, we had kind of gotten into ring of honor at the same time. I don't necessarily consider ring of honor independent wrestling but um it's it's independent wrestling but it's that uh kind of how i've i've looked at it for a long time if you were to create like divisions of what's you know mainstream wrestling and independent wrestling roh and now i feel tna they are literally like on the line where it's like they're they're going to resemble a lot of things of you know your mainstream wrestling whether they you know they have contracts they have they're on tv but there's also the fact of you know their wrestlers are still allowed to work other bookings and all this other kind of stuff so i i consider them kind of high end um independent wrestling because you know if there's a company that wwe or AEW is going to pick from it's kind of those two because of like when they when they harvest some uh talent from the indies you know they're then like that's going to be the next step after roh and everything like they're going to go somewhere after that but like even a guy like dan Housen, it's a big deal that he got signed but you know if other another company aew or something like steps in and wants to get him after his contract's up like that's gonna be even a bigger deal so you kind of get what i'm saying about i mean that's just a my there's no official thing but that's how i look at ring of honor yeah i think the only difference i i think when i view you know ring of honor and impact wrestling is can you can you sign a contract at ring of honor and work there exclusively and not have to have another job. And like being a ring of honor wrestler is the only, you know, the only thing you do to make an income and, and support your family. If that answer is yes, which in some case, you know, in a lot of cases it is a lot of their talent doesn't do independent bookings and stuff like that. And I don't think they have nine to five jobs. So that's kind of where I consider it to be a little, you know, kind of a little bit more major player than, then some people give it credit for just because I think yeah you could be, you know, a, a ring of honor full-time wrestler and not have to do anything else. Same with impact and, and some of the stuff they're doing. I feel like 
you know, a lot of those guys don't have to do other stuff. They do, you know, because obviously why not? But um, some of them don't. And I feel like that that kind of separates it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was that weekend. Um, someone gave us uh, shimmer tickets and we had tickets to go to uh, Supercard of Honor during the same weekend. And um, it was there where I was just like, uh, you know, there was the, the, the card at Shimmer was crazy. At the time, I had no idea. I just didn't know a lot of those people. You go back and look at it now, and there was there was so much talent on that show. It was, it was crazy, but um, yeah. And then after that, when I came home, that was kind of like, oh man, like this is really cool. Uh, but then I had a deployment, so I went on a deployment. And then when I came back, it was during that time my my wife had discovered a couple companies while I was gone. One of them was Rockstar Pro, and I think the other one was AIW. And when I came back. After that, then it just kind of took off. So that was, uh, I think I came home in February of 2017. So after that, it's just off to the races from there. Uh, what was some of your first favorite wrestlers? Oh, I don't even know if I, like, there was a lot of people um, at Rockstar Pro that I kind of, that I kind of grew attached to um, immediately. The Rascals being one of them, Zachary Wentz, Desmond Xavier, they were Super talented. Trey Miguel, Myron Reed were all down there. I'm, I'm into like super athletic dudes and guys that, you know, flippy stuff, if that's what you want to call it. But I was really into those guys. Um, I remember coming up to to uh, AIW for the first time. Uh, I kind of connected and drew instantly to like PB. Um, I thought Trey and Josh Bishop, those guys were all really good. The production was really cool at the time. I, I was super into those guys. Um, so just, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily like, oh, he, you know, here's a bunch of my, my favorite guys, but there were guys that I just noticed. And as I started to expand more and more and start going more and more different places, there was different guys at different places, but then they kind of, they kind of moved through some of the same companies that I was constantly going to. And at the time, um, Rockstar Pro was doing like really well and they were bringing in a lot of people and they were also like doing deals with Impact Wrestling because Sammy Callahan was down there a lot and he was doing stuff with Rockstar, but also doing stuff with Impact. So they were constantly bringing in, you know, Impact guys and they were bringing in, uh, they did a show of uh, Pro Wrestling Revolver did a show where they brought Naito in from Japan and he was down there and did a show and uh, just, just the overall of like, going to all these different places, but seeing all these different guys that were like this company's guys, but they were also bringing in, you know, X, Y, and Z guy to go against their company guys and stuff like that was kind of like the fun aspect in the beginning, just going around and and discovering new wrestlers was, was really the fun for me. Yeah. That's one thing I, I love about independent wrestling, especially like when you're first starting out, you are going around like learning, like, all right, who's this, who's this, who's this, who's this. Like I was somewhat lucky of having two companies at that time, you know, running in Cleveland, one of them no longer around, but it had TV. So I was able to not only kind of go to the live shows, those shows would later be in a episode format, like so many per taping. And so I'd like rewatch the show and I could see the, the, the backstage segments, but I'd, I'd have new wrestlers that I would love. And I mean, you have it to where like, obviously one of them was Johnny Gargano, but Literally at my first taping, uh, my first show, and in general, I saw Fontaine for the first time 
and seeing him live made me really like him because he was actually heel at that time in the company and like on tv i hated him but like seeing him in person like he kind of made me laugh and then seeing him in aiw he then made me laugh because that's what he was he was more comedy there and um yeah so many other like going out and like especially to going to new areas and it's something that you never really stop doing being an independent wrestling fan because your favorites are going to get signed but that means like new stars are going to like kind of take their place and then if which like going down the like the roster of independent wrestling you're going to have like new names pop up on shows like i think over the past couple months i've recognized more uh don't die miles and alex kane and i'm i got my eyes on them and i i'm excited to see more of them but i know like there's also going to be you know other dudes that are popping up and you, you have other which this this always kind of sucks too like obviously last year we had a lot of wrestlers get canceled and like obviously they're they're not missed but then when you have wrestlers who like step away like i just found out yesterday that the kenway retired like back in november i was like what man that fucking sucks like i liked him yeah i mean that you know I don't know. I mean, everyone's different. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. know. You know, obviously, like you said, the canceled people can stay canceled. That's fine. Um, but some people, you know, like like Pat Monix is a guy that I, that comes to oh, mind yeah, for me, who who stepped away, and that was. I mean, I loved Pat. He was awesome. He, you know, in and out of the ring, he was really cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, everyone's reasoning is different. So who knows? You know what what goes into that that decision, but but it's, it's unfortunate to see it happen. Yeah, it's, it's what I was saying is basically is uh, you're learning about new wrestlers, but at the same time, you like what me losing track of, you know, the Kenway, like I had to message somebody. I was just like, what happened to him? Because I think there were a handful of people like throughout last year that kind of got quietly canceled or stuff kind of came out about them. But before they got big, they they stepped away because I know at least one person that was like that. And I was just kind of like, oh, man, don't tell me like the Kenway fucked up. And I just didn't know because it didn't get out much. And I was uh, I was told the reason why he retired. It supposedly, oh, I mean, I won't get into it right now, but it was it was a legit reason. And it's just like basically changing career path, which was fine. But it's still it's just like there's so many names out there when you're a fan, like, you know, me and you. There's a lot of like people you your your, your eyes are on one for one reason or another. And you're always looking for like who's next. Yeah. I mean, it, there's always going to be more. That's why it's, it's funny every time, like, you know, there's this new class shows up at the performance center or, you know, people get signed to AEW and you know, everyone kind of freaks out like, Oh, the independents are dying. So on and so forth. But it's like, it's always going to continue to, you know, it's always going to continue to thrive. There's always going to be more and more people step up to fill those shoes once those people leave so it's you know it's all about just seeking them out and seeing you know the good the good content and good quality people that are out there and and latching on to them and and watching them grow i mean you gotta think of like throughout the the, throughout time like right you being a little bit of a newer fan but you know there's definitely times with an independent wrestling where people are like oh it's dying because you know like through time like a lot of big names were were signed like even going back to when you know, Ring of Honor was this, you know, really prominent company, you know, signing, getting like Punk signed and, you know, Joe Daniels and all them going to going to TNA at that time. And then, you know, 
Daniel Bryan getting signed and, you know, later years down the road, Generico and Steen get signed. And it's like, at all those times, people are probably saying, oh, the Indies are dying. But years later, it's like, you know, no, people are still making a name for themselves. You have, you had a handful of independent wrestlers partially make a company that's now competing with WWE. And then independent wrestlers are getting signed to that promotion, which is really fucking crazy when you think about it. But no, there's still, there's still going to be other dudes. You just, you just have to look. And I wait, it's just, it's next man up. And when that, that person that was right, you know, gets signed, whoever's behind him, you know, just became a bigger name, but that person behind them is, you know, they're all stepping up and, you know, like I've said before, it goes, it goes right down the line. Cause now that that means someone else is popping up on, on shows across the country and like, they're going to like become bigger names. Like, uh, think of with something like Southern underground pro, you know, their first champions, you know, signed the WWE right now. Their second champion signed to MLW. Luckily he gets to still work with them, but still there's like, that's a awesome thing to see. And there's other, that company in particular, there's people stepping up like every single show. Like look at, and I've know I've mentioned on the show before, look at Marco stunt. Marco stunt showed up to a show just to like help out. He got put on the show, became a hit. And then it definitely wasn't directly from Southern underground, Pro, but that's a dude who showed hustle. He ended up getting, um, on spring break and then spring break led to him being in the all in battle Royal and then led to him getting signed. Like, like that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely not something you see, you know, you just see every day, but you know, it, that was a dude who, who worked for it. And I think there's a lot of other wrestlers that do the same thing too. All right. Let's, uh, let's start to wrap this show up with the fave five questions. Hey, this is Booker T five time champ. And this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right. Let's start with a newer one here. Uh, Oreos or Chips Ahoy? Uh, I, I feel like I should have answered that way faster, but uh, Oreos <laughs> for sure. I, don't, I was like, wait a minute, why don't? Why am I thinking about this? No, that's yeah, that's that's Oreos for sure. Are you a regular Oreo person, a golden Oreo person, or what? Um, I mean, I like to try all their their varieties, mm-hmm. you know, the different flavors that they come out with. Um, one of my favorites was the the cinnamon bun. That one was really really good. I was also a big fan of the red velvet, mm-hmm. uh, but I was a good one. I think I'm like allergic to red velvet as well. So it was kind of like, you got to pay the price for eating these, <laughs> but I, I definitely, I definitely still did. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, single, double mega stuff, regular, you know, that those are obviously the, the go-tos, but I do like trying their, you know, when they come out with weird flavors, I, I like trying those just to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm always good to at least try the flavors out. Um, my favorite of the flavors, s'mores. Like, okay, yeah, s'mores that, are good. When that came out, that was an absolute hit for me. I mean, I love s'mores stuff, but that I don't love everything s'mores because I know there's a handful of things I'm like, ah, like this just doesn't, this isn't good to me. But the, the, the that was good. Um, I think not enough people talk about, but even I don't get it a lot. I do like the mint Oreos because, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because I feel like if you like thin mints, I swear they yep. taste exactly like there thin you go. mints. There you go. You're you're right on to you're on to it. So like if it's you know it's August and you got a thin mint craving, like boom, just go grab the Oreos and go to town on them. But for me, I'm definitely an original Oreo person, like of a chocolate cookie. And you know when they had just double stuff, that was my favorite. When they came with mega stuff, that was my favorite. The rare occasions where you can find all the stuff, like I think those are obviously really good too. 
Like I, re- I remember when I told people, I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll take a double stuff Oreo and like twist off one cookie and I'll grab another double stuff Oreo, twist off one cookie and put them together. It's like a quadruple stuff. And they're like, what are you, why, what are you talking about? Why would you do that? I'm like, wait a minute, why wouldn't you do that? Like, I'm the weird one, but okay, whatever. <laughs> All right. Question number two, favorite video game console. Uh, I, I would probably go Xbox 360, honestly, if we're talking like all time, um, yeah, all not time. just like console family. Yeah, probably, probably Xbox 360. I kind of went crazy when it first came out because of the, uh, the achievement system that they kind of put in place at the time. Oh, and yeah. that really like that really hooked me. I was into that super, super heavy for a long time and I was playing games like you wouldn't even believe this to just to try to grind and finish them and get that get all those achievements so i was i was really into that um but yeah that's that's probably my answer so you were an achievement whore oh absolutely i'm trying to see if i can pull up my xbox really quick on my phone only because uh i got a friend who i don't know if i want to call him uh an achievement whore but like he was like one of those dudes that was like really good at uh video games like he would just crush through shit left and right and i don't know how he did it like uh, i had an ex that would refer to him as uh that one program designer on grandma's boy i forget his name okay yeah yeah because he's like like i am a robot yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but he had uh absolute stupid fucking i can't even pull it up on my phone Oh, well, I tried it. It was like, he was at like a hundred or 200,000. Nice. And I don't know how the fuck he did it. (laughs) Like I would do, I I was guilty of like, I was told there were a handful of early Xbox games where the achievements are super fucking easy. And like one of them was a Madden game and you can sim 50 years and like, you'll get a achievement. Yeah. I, I did that one. Yeah, for sure. I'm at, I'm at 280,000. So, but, and I quit like a long time ago, but, um, most of that, like a lot of that is, is Xbox 360, but also like oh, yeah. once, you know, once it transferred over to Xbox one, I play like every video game made to begin with. So it's kind of easy. You know, I, <laughs> I like when I tell people, Hey, we own almost like every Xbox game. And they're like, is this is kind of like that, that Funko conversation you were having earlier. Where it's like, oh yeah, I own every game, like literally. And then people are like, oh, do you own this one? But it's like, for us, it's like really close. I mean, it's obviously not everyone, um, but it's really close. So we have, you know, quite the extensive library of things that we can get into. And just, just over that time, you know, you unlock stuff without even trying. I don't really like go for it like I used to, um, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just kind of like a backburner thing. Now I just play games because I, I want to try a bunch of different games and see what all is out there. And I just like, I mean, video games is what I do. So I just, I play all kinds of stuff just because I'm playing it. Okay. I finally pulled up his, uh, profile 435,362. Nice. Yeah. That's a man that's still on his, still on the job. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, still on the job for sure. Yeah, I know. I know. I had my time where I like to do that shit, but I've also like fell out of playing video games. But there are like two games that popped up recently that aren't out yet that I'm like, ooh, I want to buy those and I want to play them. One is the 
retro main yeah, retro mania game which hasn't been uh, officially released at councils and then the teenage mutant ninja turtles arcades side scroller if that's released to consoles i'll play the fuck out of that too i thought i think i saw i don't know if uh that retro mania is in like early access or something but i thought i saw uh evil uno playing it today on twitch and i was like what the hell like i had no i hadn't i hadn't heard of it so i was kind of surprised and i watched him play for a little bit it looked really interesting i don't i'm not like a retro games are kind of difficult for me i'm not it's not something i'm super into mm-hmm. um but that kind of looked interesting I, I'm, I may give that a look whenever it's like readily available it's a it's a sequel to an old wwf arcade cabinet it was uh um blanking on exactly which one it is but basically the the same developers are, are making this quote sequel but it's obviously not licensed by wwe a lot of independent wrestlers and everything it's only far as i understand it's only out on steam but oh, okay. the council release that they're waiting for like certain certificates to to be approved or whatever because i keep checking their twitter every couple of days like has it been approved yet has it been approved yet but um yeah then the other one like i said the teenage mutant turtle one there's because that's like the old arcade games which i love the fuck out of those oh uh, maybe it was wwf wrestle fest okay might be the name all right question number three i don't think i've asked this yet i think i added this to my list recently MCU or Star Wars? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll probably go MCU just based on the fact that I grew up a comic book collector. So to see some of that stuff finally come to life in the way that it has is like, you know, Star Wars was obviously a movie first and it's not, they're not based on other properties. So being involved, you know, with comic books growing up and, being attached to some of those characters and then seeing them brought to life and then executed really well is kind of just like a bigger deal for me. Uh, but it's not by much. I, I love Star Wars and everything that they do. So it's it's not by a lot, but I'll, I'll probably go MCU. I think the reason why I, I, I don't know, and it's not a thing I know I came up with it, but it's because MCU is kind of the new Star Wars. I feel like kids that grew up in the 70s and the 80s, like the love they have towards Star Wars is going to be equivalent to that generation that's growing up now, especially over the past, you know, 15 years of MCU. And like, I think because of like the consistency of the MCU movies, like it's kind of over overshadowing star Wars, but you know, with the success of the Mandalorian that could change like the trajectory of what star Wars means to pop culture. But the way that MCU is going, I don't know, who's ever going to take their place but the, over, over time it will be something yeah and I, I think mcu's doing a good job of building new fans without having the background material mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to know you don't have to really know anything comic book wise to watch wandavision and just be completely entertained and completely sucked in and you're you're more so following the adventures of of those characters based on the previous avengers movies and not necessarily like your previous background knowledge of the character from you know 40 years of comic books either so you know it does a service to those people that have been following for that for that long time and it's like you know oh i've been reading avengers comics since the since the 70s or whatever like you're still getting good enjoyment out of some of the fan service that they're giving you but also people who don't have that reference material or haven't been involved with it that long are also still being like thoroughly enjoyed because they're you know they're 
they're building it anew for those people. So I think they're doing a really good job of satisfying both, you know, both those type of fans. And then you have it to where there's, cause this is what I do. Cause I don't, I've never really got into comic books, but there are YouTube shows out there that will explain to you every single reference. And like, they'll even, you know, theorize of what potentially is happening. Like I, I'd watched it. Like, I think I've, the very first episode, there was kind of like, yeah, we think uh, Agatha is Agnes. Like, everything is leading, like, pointing towards that. And, yeah, sure as shit, that's end up, end up what happening. But, obviously, every other little fan theory that they thought necessarily didn't happen. So, like, to me, that's that's the fun. Like, I'll watch, I was watching WandaVision, and then I immediately flip to YouTube, get explained certain things. Or maybe there's an Easter egg that I knew of, but I, I missed it because I was paying attention to something else. So, it's just kind of, like, helping filling in, like, little gaps. So finding out a lot about the the comic book stuff like helps, but at the same time, like you said, like they're not necessarily uh, going off the plot. So like I didn't have to read the comic books, but I don't know. It's fun to like if you do know something about the comics, it does seem to help. Like one thing I knew, like for example, about Thanos, I knew that normally to to get the Soul Stone, you had to sacrifice someone you loved. So immediately I was like, well, if that's gonna happen, it's gonna be Gamora. And that's like going into the movie, not exactly knowing what was going to happen. And as soon as they went up that mountain, I'm like, oh, shit, she's dead. Like, yeah. Like it, it's happening. And like, yeah, I, knew people I mean, were, that, go ahead. I mean, that's exactly. Yeah, that's you're saying exactly what I was the, the point I was making, where it's just such a good like service to longtime fans, but also people who don't know, you know, the previous reference material. Like, it's so good the way it's the way it just caters to both to both of those types of fans and they yeah you can go look this stuff up uh, after and it's you know really cool that you do and you did go do that um but at the same time like you could never do that and still be super enjoy like super entertained and be looking forward to uh you know winter soldier and captain america coming up you know you don't have to know anything. You don't have to do anything else. Like you, now you're like, you're seeing these trailers. You kind of know the direction that things are headed. And it's like, oh, I'm ready for more of this, but you don't have to be involved in anything else. You know what I mean? But if you are, then it's even sweeter. So it's just, I don't know, man, it's so well done. It's, it's almost unbelievable. I can't, I can't, I mean, that starts this week. I can't wait to watch the, see where we go with that. Cause one thing I love about the MCU as a whole and the shows are going, are like reflect this, so far of what we've seen and what has been previewed, like the MCU movies can have like very different theme from like movie to movie. Like you get to where the winter soldier is kind of more of an action movie. Uh, and I'm not even checking on I mean, they're all action movies, but I meant like more of a spy movie and all that kind of stuff. Cause they're following all these leads, but then you get it to where Ant-Man's more of a comedy and Ant-Man wouldn't have worked serious. And some of these other movies wouldn't have worked if they were a little more comedy, like granted, Guardians of the Galaxy works that way and Thor Ragnarok work that way more, but you know, they can stand apart. And I feel like that's what we're getting with the, with the TV shows too. Like, you know, Falcon and the winter soldier doesn't seem like it's going to be that a lot of comedy to it, but it seems like it's going to be really good fucking action and I can't wait for it. Yeah. Covering all the bases for sure. All right. Question number four, let's go with favorite flavor of pop tart. Uh, brown sugar cinnamon. I always find that to be like the weird answer, but people love that that shit. Yeah, it's really good. I'll tell you another. This one's kind of weird. Um, I really like strawberry, 
but only in a certain circumstance. And that circumstance is being able to uh, put it in the toaster and put uh, butter on it after it's done. As soon as you said like, and put, I'm like, butter. Yeah. If if those two circumstances can exist, I I won't touch strawberry in any way, shape or form. I've, Uh, I've heard, I've heard that putting butter on pop tarts, but is it only strawberry? For me, well, strawberry and cherry for me. Okay. But yeah, if those circumstances can exist, uh, I'm going, I'm going brown sugar cinnamon only. Or the cookies and cream one is really good as well. So uh, I'll typically go there. There's not very many that I can eat cold. I think those are probably the only two that I could eat cold. I can eat almost any of them cold, to be honest. Like, oh, I can eat s'mores cold. Uh, One that's actually, it's the best uh, heated up or in a toaster, however you want to call it. It's the the pretzel Pop-Tarts. Like, they're okay cold, but you put them in the the toaster i was like oh my god this is like a really big nine day difference because <laughs> much like uh oreos they're like all right we got this new pop tart flavor i'm like all right gotta try it for sure like one that's gone under the radar that was a special edition one but i think they they're like fuck it this was so successful it's gonna be a a full-time flavor it's fruit loops oh those are so good oh god it those are so good. One of my favorite stories was, uh, which I don't know if I've ever told here on the podcast. If it is, it's been a long time. It was when Hardee's came out with Fruit Loop Donuts. Okay. And I posted a picture online about of, of them or something like that. And PB either commented or messaged me. He was like, what are those? And I was like, oh, you know, they're Fruit Loop Pop-Tarts. They're at Hardee's. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you don't know what Hardee's is? He's like, no. And then I had looked it up. Like there's none like anywhere near uh, Erie. So I was like, all right, shit. So what I, I did for him was uh, then eventually they went away. But when they came back, I was like, all right, the next show, I'm buying you some and bringing him to the show. And uh, he ate them after the show. And he fucking, he went to town on those. He's like, these are fucking good. He's like, I love Fruit Loops. And like in donut form, they're, it's really good. I'm like, I know, right? They haven't been out since then, which I thought those things were so good. All right. Question number five. You're a traveler and I'm curious to see where you land on this one. Sheets or Wawa? Uh, this one's really easy for me. I, for some reason I think we might've did this one before. Um, but it's, it's Wawa all day for me. I used to live in Philadelphia, so you can't change my mind. There was a Wawa directly outside the front gate of the base that I was, that I was, uh, working at. So every single day I was there breakfast usually lunch um yeah i'll never part with it are there sheets in columbus uh there is now it, there it's oh, coming yeah, they just uh, yeah, they're outside memory yeah. they're coming down there nope. they, will, they will be here soon i mean i'll slander either either of the two i mean i'll uh, i mean i got a uh, a trip to massachusetts coming up at the end of the month i plan on probably going to sheets and wawa so you know, I, I don't discriminate, um, but if if they're if I have to go, if they're sitting, you know, if they're side by side or across the street from each other, uh, going to Wawa 10 times out of 10. I just recently went to Baltimore and my fiance's uh, aunt's house, which where we were staying, was not that far from a Wawa. Okay. Which when it comes down to it, I'm, I am a sheets guy. I kind of confirmed it when I got their version of... Uh, of the get-go pilgrim which theirs is called the gobbler like it wasn't i don't know it just didn't it wasn't the same like if actually of all of them i'll take get-go over both of them but i'm i'm sheets over wawa but the thing that 
will get me every time when it comes to Wawa is the cookies and cream milk. Okay. It's hands down the best. And I happen to mention that to uh, her aunt and like uh, her cousins. And they were like, what? Cookies and cream milk. I'm like, wait a minute. You live <laughs> next to Wawa? Like that you, it's been there a long time and you've never had the cookies and cream milk. Meanwhile, like the first time I went to a Wawa, I just happened to grab it just because I'm like, all right, this sounds interesting. And then everybody on Facebook at the time, like, you know, John Thorne, Chandler Biggins, all those other people are like, oh my God, the cookies and cream milk is the best. I'm like, oh shit. I didn't realize what I stumbled upon. You know, everybody, everybody loves it hands down. And it's, yeah, like, I don't know if if between the two, like I said, between the two, I'll pick sheets, but that cookies and cream milk is so good. I'll have to check that out. I I haven't had it. So let's see. uh, Interested in or not. Like I know with me, I got a, I got two trips coming up. Uh, one this weekend going down to Toy Vomit for the Danhausen signing, and I'm going to get Zaxby's while I'm in the okay. area because I love me some Zaxby's. And then I have a, I can kind of talk about it now because this will come out a day before I put in my two week notice. I'm going to start a new job and my orientation is in Minneapolis. Oh, okay. So I have to drive there. Uh, I'm probably, I might grab Zaxby's while I'm there, but I'm, my main one is I'm going to grab uh, Portillo's while I'm in the area. Okay. Cause that's a hands down a must. All that's right. Exciting. Oh yeah. And question number six, which I normally tailor around my guests for you. I want to know, give me your top five guests that you want to have on your podcast. Top five that I want to have on. Oh man. Um, Okay. And obviously realistic. I, I asked this question to somebody uh, like kind of like, like what some guests do you want? They're like, John Cena. I'm like, that's no, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not realistic, no, that's man. Not yeah, that's not it. Um, I think it, it, one of them is probably, man, this is tough because I could, oh man, this is real tough. Um, one of them is probably Ricky Shane Page. Oh, there's, there's a lot there. Um, I think Nick Gage would be another one that I think I could probably get some pretty good content out of. Um, let's see. Let's see who else is out there that I, I've, I've been wanting to get uh, Dom Guarini as well as Kevin Koo. Uh, I think Mance Warner is probably on that list as well. So I think that's five. I could go on for like a really long time with some people, but um, for me, it, it's more about like what's going on with them at the time and whether or not I think I could get good content out of them based on like stuff that they have going on. And I think if, if you go back and look at a lot of my, a lot of my most recent interviews and, and, uh, show guest, you will see that it's either the weekend before or the weekend after where they had something really major come up or something something like in the works maybe something announced that we could kind of you know draw i I feel that's the best way for me to produce good content is when somebody just did something really cool that a lot of people are talking about or on the flip side if they have something coming up that's really cool that i know they're excited about like for me that's kind of where i feel like i you know i can kind of put together a decent script of of things that i want to discuss with them and, and bring a lot of that excitement out. If it's uh, some coming up stuff, like my, I haven't announced my, my guest for this Thursday, but um, 
they have a super, super huge opportunity coming up the very next day on Friday from uh, uh, Limitless Wrestling in Maine. They have a, a show, uh, Double Vision, on IWTV on Friday night, and one of their one of their top talents will be joining me on Thursday, and I'm really excited to you know talk about that show and kind of the stuff that's been going on up there over the past year with with the the road and some other things, you know, that they've been doing. So that's when I get excited. That's when I start. I feel like I produce my best work is when, you know, we got some really good stuff like that. When will you be announcing the guests or is it, it won't not be announced till it happens? Oh no, I always do it on Wednesday. That way there's, you know, I don't, the reason I, so like I kind of learned this lesson and we did it last week, but it was just unusual circumstance last week. Um, But if you announce too early, then you kind of have to like continue to keep drumming up interest all week long to make sure that there's like a presentable live audience come Thursday. Um, so I usually just wait until Wednesday. That way it's just like, Hey, tomorrow. And then on Thursday, you know, I can spam like a couple more announcements or whatever, but I don't have to go like all week long continuing to, you know, over promote this thing that, you know, people may get tired of seeing or hearing about or whatever. So, um, yeah, we always do it on Wednesdays. Well, remember, this is coming out Thursday, so if you want to announce it here, people aren't going to hear it till Thursday. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, so day of. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, I will be having uh, DVN come on uh, Thursday. So really looking forward uh, to talking to her and some of the stuff that she has coming up at uh, Limitless with their show on Friday. So. It's going to be really cool. She's done really good stuff with their series in the road. And she's kind of in that position to kind of take over after, um, you know, Christian Casanova has moved on to NXT. And, you know, they still have, they have some other stars in the making up there. But, uh, you know, she's one that a lot of people have been talking about. And she has a really big match with Ava Everett on Friday. So it's going to be really cool to kind of, you know, talk just 2020 and like basically her evolution into where she is now. Hell yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. So any, uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, let's see. I, I don't necessarily promote the actual Twitter handle of the show as much anymore. I kind of just, you know, invite people to come to twitch.tv backslash weapon X to watch Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and and Sunday, we do video game streaming. Thursday nights, we do wrestling interviews. Um, Wednesday and Friday and Saturday, we're off. We don't do anything during those days. But um, obviously, Twitter at WeaponX, W34PONX. Um, other than that, that's really my main focus is right now. It's just continuing to try to build the show into something really cool that people can be... Uh, People can look forward to, you know, every week and want to be there to win free wrestling T-shirts and uh, hang out with their favorite wrestlers and ask them questions in the chat and stuff like that. So just trying to keep keep building that into into something. Uh, I got goals. I got I got, uh, you know, places I want it to be. So, you know, we'll see if we get there. And of course, you can find myself on TikTok, Twitter and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. 
email if you so choose a desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net like i said earlier in the show please rate review and subscribe your ever listen this fine podcast whether it be apple podcast google podcast stitcher tune in youtube spotify iHeartRadio, pandora or podbean wrestling cheers.podbean.com and you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree in this episode's show notes. You can also check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mics, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the Weapon X. Later. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're all these right you can You're a fake liar, that's it, Rosario